3: Recorded live. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's May Chex Discussion Group Call here for Tactical Sovereignty. Um, tonight we're going to be addressing a topic that was brought up by a friend of ours, uh, Sam, and what it really boils down to is uh, claiming your property. Uh, I think one of the first things a lot of people discover when they start researching info regarding who and what is in charge, uh, who the, uh, to quote the title of a book, Rulers of Evil, really are, <laughs> uh, you really find that everything that's being done is being done under presumption of law. And uh, presumption of law is done because somebody hasn't stood up and made their own claim. so the rulers just decide, okay, then we're just going to follow along with the program we've got set up and do things the way we see best that will uh, benefit us. Um, When they talk about looking out for the public or protecting the public, who they're really talking about is their own private organizations and protecting their own private organizations and not your friends and neighbors around you your friends and neighbors around you are not the public that they're referring to. Uh just like the we are the people of the constitution isn't the we the people that these patriot groups think it is. Um so anyway, how are you doing tonight, Sam?
1: Uh no complaints. No complaints. Just currently googling some stuff for a uh, client of mine for induction for birth stuff. So but Putting that aside, I'm on the show now, so I can go back to that in a little bit. All
3: right. Uh, cool. And I cool. You've, you, you've got, um, I don't know if you've got a website, or I know you've got several um, groups or whatever on Facebook. Uh, do you have any of those that are open that you would care to share to people if they want to find like-minded people, if there's other moms-to-be or dads-to-be that want to seek information?
1: um currently well I've got a whole bunch but uh Sovereign Littles I started that group um they used to be a group called Sovereign Babies started by Amber Ozero, and she was having some uh issues with an ex-boyfriend so she shut that group down so I just kind of opened another group just to kind of further my own study and then allow other parents to come and you know learn and share what they know as well uh the group isn't you know an answer for everything it's a place for people to come and to learn uh how to keep their little people sovereign out of the out of the red registration and all that fun stuff uh i started a branch off group from that called uh what the hell is it called sovereign littles guardian guidance so it's like a parenting group Uh, Like, it's like that natural parenting group for people who have sovereign little people or, you know, are allies. They're not going to call CPS on you. So it's very natural, very holistic, that fun stuff. Uh, I don't think, I have a radio show, it's called Against the Grain. It's every Wednesday evening at 4.30 uh, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, or 7.30 Eastern Standard. You've been on my show. Love to have you back again sometime, or if there's anybody listening, my show features alternative individuals, so anti-vax, anti-circ, uh, God, what the hell else, homesteading, like uh, alternatives, like sovereign people or people who are out of the system, off-grid people, et cetera, et cetera. So if anybody listening, you want to pop over and want to, you know, on that show feel free i'm definitely going to be having brian back i had him back had him a couple months ago so that was super fun uh you you
3: cover you cover midwives
1: yep midwives i have birth workers i have midwives anybody who's a birth radical um uh people who are like super happy super into like restorative justice relationships that kind of stuff basically if it's not on television or in like the mainstream courts and shit i like i I like it on my show so you can be all of the above you can be just one of the above and want to talk about that stuff it's it's kind of showcasing all the kinds of people that are out there from people who are like jordan maxwell or adult big tree people like that who are big and well known to like your next door neighbor that you didn't know were so freaking cool and so chock full of knowledge. So it just kind of is just like these people are out there, these people you can talk to, they're very relatable, they're very knowledgeable, like soak up their knowledge and, like, be friends with them. It's incredible.
3: So. All right. Well, um, for our topic tonight, uh, there was a, a question that you posted to the group. Um, do you want to kind of generally cover that question, and we'll go on from there?
1: yeah so I had a question um I'll tell a little bit of a backstory just leading up to that question um My question was, like how do I go about making an affidavit or something that's on paper to show uh the current system that my little people are mine uh we're We're not like you know we're not really like we have a house and you know stuff we're kind of struggling a little bit we've got all the bills paid now which is super awesome but we're struggling a little bit with food we're not starving but like you know eating potatoes every day gets a little tiresome so I went I I called the food bank because I, I donate to the food bank like every fall after our garden is said and done but our, we're waiting for our garden to come up everything is just starting to flower now so uh, I called them to see if We could just pick up a box, just something that could hold us by a little bit with a little bit of variety would be nice. Uh, And they told us that the kids and I need a health card. They need a health card for everybody who's in the house to register. And I asked them, like, what's the purpose of the health card? Like, is it for identification's sake? And they said, yes. So then I asked them, well, what an affidavit do? And they said, well, I mean, you should have a health card. And I was like, well, We don't for religious reasons, like it just, we don't use that, that kind of thing. And she said, yes, an affidavit would suffice. So my question is, how do I go about making said affidavit that would, you know, work to say that, hey, my kids are mine. I mean, I can show it. I have birth photos, but I don't really feel the need to, you know, flash a picture of a baby coming out of my vagina. But something on paper would be great.
3: All right. And um, yeah, at at the time that you posted that, uh, I really wasn't aware of the backstory, but I guess the backstory really kind of doesn't matter. Uh, But it's interesting to hear how they're ramping things up, that they want everybody to put on the face of Mammon, you know? And I I think one of the famous uh, lines from Shakespeare was... um, I've given you one face and you've put on another, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. sure that's exactly the way the creator looks at us, you know? And uh, you also know from scripture just popped in my head, you know, that uh, there's a verse that talks about, you know, riding the fence, you know, you're either on one side or the other, you know? Yeah. Because a man Mm cannot serve, this man cannot serve two masters. He's going to cleave to one or he's going to have to sing for the other. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I think the master would probably have the same disdain in my viewpoint, Uh, going back to that Shakespearean line, you know, that I've given you one face and you put on another. And to me, what has happened here is, you know, according to the story of the Bible, you know, that Satan was cast down to earth and that this, this is his domain, and i i really believe that the legal system is his domain and yep. fortunately, it's nothing but a paper system and yep. paper paper will go up in the flames all around him in a heartbeat you know so mm-hmm.
4: yeah.
3: but if if anybody for instance has been um like sued by a credit card company for instance chances are mm-hmm. it wasn't the credit card company suing him Chances are mm-hmm. it was an attorney that couldn't find clients anywhere. So they decided to go into the business of buying baskets of debt and uh, then going after um, those quote unquote debtors and seeing how much could be recouped, you know, because they'll buy debt for well under 10 cents on the dollar in, in these baskets of, of debt. And these baskets of debt might have 500 to to 5,000 different debtors inside that that basket of uh, debtors. And they figured probably as long as they hit a certain percentage of them that they're able to recoup money from, then cool, they've made some money. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's really how that system works. But if you look at uh, the first letter that normally comes from you, because whenever somebody is taken to court or there's an action happening at court, um, all parties have to be notified. It's We we know it's a game, it's in a courtroom, it's a court, you know, da-da-da, all that, tennis court, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be an even playing field. So, therefore, all parties involved have to receive the same info. And one of the things that you receive is a letter submitted by this attorney That starts out saying, "I am attorney so and so." Sometimes it'll say being of some mind and body, you know, and it it, and basically establishing their standing. That's the same way your affidavit would start out. Hmm. And and then below that would be in a debt situation, like like, be like bullet points. Um, uh, one saying that on such and such a day uh John Doe um, requested a loan for x amount of dollars uh, number two on such and such a date uh company x approved such debt or approved such loan
4: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> uh no pun intended there uh, line number three would be you know um, a list of payments maybe that John Doe had made in number four might be some of uh, dates that John Doe had not paid. And then their attempt to recoup, unable to recoup. Therefore, this is why we're at court. And at the bottom, since it would be in an affidavit form, um, it would just be the signature of, um, the affiant who is the one creating an affidavit, uh, stating, you know, um, further information, a client saith not, um, signed under penalty of perjury, da-da-da. And that, that's one of the forms you'd receive. Well, that is really the same exact format any affidavit would be laid out in. Um, okay. If it is for your property, such as your child, because you have to realize that when you're working with and dealing with this commercial system uh, as a private man or woman, That you've really got to kind of speak the language they understand and accept. It's like if you're talking to a Chinaman, I'm sorry, you're going to have to learn a little bit of Chinese if he doesn't know English. You know what I mean?
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. there's no way you're going to be able to contract with him in any part of your life. And Mm we're constantly, constantly contracting with people every day and really operating in a trust format with people every day Mm -hmm. with everything we do. That's really what it Mm -hmm. comes down to. So, um, for for a child, uh, as far as their I- identification, you know, you just put your standing there. And mm-hmm. and at the top, yeah, let me definitely cover this. You're, you're just going to put like the words affidavit or notice, okay? You're not going to use affidavit of truth because every affidavit is supposed to be truth. That's what an affidavit is. It's the truth of a matter. And so these patriot gurus out here, whoever's telling you, oh, they're giving you the templates for affidavit of truth, oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I I don't know if this was uh, something created by the CIA or whoever, NSA uh, or whatever. But anybody in a legal system that sees a document that starts right out titled affidavit of truth, they're going to start laughing to themselves and say, okay, this is all BS. This guy has no clue what he's doing or what he's talking about. you told them that right off the get when you listed it as affidavit of truth. You told them you're an idiot. (laughs) Pretty much. So, you know, for um, your property, which in this case would be your offspring, you're just going to list. And I would list because a lot of people, I think, really know the conception date of their child. I think a couple very often, I've got a daughter, and I'm very sure of when she was conceived. Although, of course, I had uh, multiple interactions uh, with her mom. But I'm very positive when it was. I I think you just kind of know in your mind, something tells you, you know. When you've created that spark of divinity inside yourself or someone else, something tells you that. And yeah, so if you're I'm, actually
1: in tune with your body, you know.
4: I'm,
1: we knew both times. Well, I didn't know the first time. I thought I was just dying the first time. The second time, we definitely knew.
3: But I think one of the first things I would list there is I would make this, uh, and these are all just really short sentences. Uh, an affidavit doesn't have to be 30 pages. It doesn't need to be two pages. It be one page. Make it quick and easy. Yeah. And. Uh, I, I would make a statement about um, your your spouse as to me and, you know, and, and i always refer to yourself kind of in the third person. You know, I, Jane Doe, and so-and-so uh, have been together for X amount of years, whatever. Okay? Uh, Establish a foundation. Number two, on such and such a date, uh, the conception of and Name the child if you want. Um, However, you want to word that um, was conceived. All right. Um, Number three, on such and such a date, um, our offspring entered um, this world, entered this world of our creator, you know, that's pretty much all you would need for your offspring or child. Now, it's going to be more easily accepted if you sign it in front of a notary because a mm-hmm. notary is an office that is established by the secretary of state. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, people don't want to do that because I know a lot of people don't like doing that because it there's a question of, is it the corporate or whatever, or was it the actual de jure government that created secretary of state, whatever. It, if they have a problem with that, you can also do that. All that's really required is uh, two witnesses. Myself, I would prefer to use three witnesses for obvious reasons. Um, when you get married, there's three witnesses that sign off. It's the minister and then um, the bridegroom for the woman and, or for the man and then the bridesmaid for the woman. So you get your three witnesses mm-hmm. there. And and that number three comes up so much legally. It's unbelievable. If you just uh, do a cursory search for the number three when it comes to um, the law of man or the law of God. So it's really that simple. And that comes down to so many situations. An affidavit needs to be done to rebut all presumptions. Um, I was contacted here two days ago uh by a friend of mine and their son was looking at going to court the next day and I was like what I've not heard about this what's going on and so their son went and grabbed all the paperwork from the courts and laid it in front of me. I started looking at it and within like ten seconds I'm like yeah this is all BS <laughs> uh I said I said, I see right here there's two affidavits from complaining parties. I said, "Uh, do you have a copy of your affidavit? I said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you've got to rebut their affidavit. They've made a claim against you. You need to write out your own counterclaim on it. He said, well, the the public pretender didn't ask me to do anything like that. I'm like, oh, my God. And so what has the public pretender um, said to you? Well, the public pretender just told me to accept a deal. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we know how that goes. Yeah, they're just protecting the courts and making sure the courts make money. So, yep. anyway, it's really basic and simple when it comes right down to it. Um, what kind of questions did you have about it, um, Sam, before I open the lines if anybody else wants to talk?
1: Um. I don't think I have any questions at the moment so i've I've made myself like I've made myself a notarized identification that's worked for us for well for me it's uh-huh uh long story short uh for uh dealing with the cops so far getting pulled over and getting myself a library card at our local library, which we thoroughly enjoy It's worked for both of those
3: cool. Yeah, and I recommend the people to get their own common law ID made up. Um, Corey Ibe. um, Corey is C-O-R-E-Y. His last name is E-I-B. Corey Mm -hmm. Ibe has a video out on doing a common law ID. I know about halfway through the time that I was making mine, I stumbled on his video. And so him and I talked back and forth for a while about mine and how I was doing it. And uh, I would definitely recommend his video on doing common law IDs. And also, mm-hmm. as as far as claiming your offspring, um, we all know that one of the first things that happens at the hospital is information is needed, such as the name of the child, yeah, in order yep. for them to make a birth certificate or the certificate of life birth that goes along with it. Um yep. And that's because they immediately want to lay claim to that child. The state wants to immediately lay claim to it. So one of the things I recommend Mm -hmm. to anybody is do up your own little notice of claim, your own little affidavit, short and sweet, and get it published prior to uh, the baby being born. Because nowadays, fortunately, we normally know what sex it's going to be. Uh, we normally know what name is going to be attached to it, although I wouldn't recommend on a public notice putting a name. I would just list that that name is private. Um, And I think we can use part of what the system is doing against them because part of what the system is doing now is, as far as the sex of a child, they're saying, oh, well, we need to wait and let the child decide what sex it wants to be. You know what I mean? And it's like, Mm -hmm. as much of a joke as that is, it's like, okay, wait a second. We can run with that. Um, oh, yeah. maybe, we sh- maybe we can say that we are going to wait until the child decides what its name is.
1: 100%.
3: You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. y- you could stand on that if that's what they want to go with. But anyway, go ahead and lay claim to your offspring in a, uh, notif- or in a publication of public notice that is recognized. And do that even prior to the child being born. Um and most states want it run two or three times, you know, so have it run two or three times, and then get a certificate from that publication of a of of publication. I know that sounds redundant, but it 's called a certificate of publication, and that mm-hmm. way you 've got proof that you have already laid claim to your property that way mm-hmm. that will supersede anybody else 's Desire to put a claim onto that child and claim it as a individual, a citizen, a resident, uh, any of those nasty words.
4: Hmm.
1: Interesting. And you can just do this with any newspaper, because I was looking at like our newspaper, our local newspaper, recently got shut down.
3: Right. No, it it can't be done with any newspaper. It has uh, there's uh stipulations for a a uh, a publisher of notification um, you can guarantee that you've got a correct newspaper if you like look in the back of it there's the business section and you see notices yep. back there and different business- you know that that is a correct uh publication to use uh but uh, you can also uh probably just call and find out which ones are accepted or look up how it's listed for your state. I think a general rule is that it has to have a coverage base of a million people. That means not a million prescribers or subscribers, but it has to have, be able to be accessed by like a million people around. That's Mm. kind of a general rule. Now in more uh rural type states, say like maybe North Dakota that might be different, I don't know.
5: Okay. Yeah. I'm,
1: uh, I'm up in Canada, hey.
3: Right. So I know uh, Yeah. and yeah. you know what I want to say too, the stuff for Canada because I have a lot there's a lot of group members in Tactical from Canada. And yep. the reason being it really is because The U.S. and Canada, they're kind of like brother-sister, right? There are so many things that correlate directly between them. I remember when I first started researching things and I was looking at money and how money works and what's that all about, the whole HCR 192 and public law 7010, all that was about. um, I immediately stumbled on information from Canada because Canada uh, was falling under bankruptcy at the same time in the nineteen thirties as the US. And mm-hmm. and I believe Canada is running off the same they're running off the same IMF and Federal Reserve that the US is running off of.
1: Yes they are. They actually had some sort of uh what the hell was it? Court case or something with the Bank of Canada not too long ago and that was ne- it never made the news. The couple won but it never made the news. It was right, huge
3: yeah that's right, yeah because the Bank of Canada actually can loan money that the Bank of Canada is not the central bank correct the Bank of Canada
4: can,
3: yeah the Bank of Canada can lend out money for very very low interest rates because mm-hmm. that's that would fall under more under that is your word that people hear, so de facto
4: mm-hmm.
3: and you know, if the people on Canada would use their own bank system instead of the IMF and Federal Reserve, they would be so much further ahead and could greatly or quickly at least get out from under their debt. Mhm. So, yep. well, anyway, I guess uh, let me open the lines here if anybody else wants to discuss this topic or flow into other ones.
5: Um,
3: everybody should be unmuted now and providing there's not a lot of background noise from anybody I won't have to go and mute the board again but if anybody has anything just kind of uh, let people finish their thought and what they're saying instead of just jumping in and stepping on them while they're talking um and let us know what handle you go by in this world and geographically maybe an idea of where you're from and it helps people out as far as your thought process and where you're coming from.
5: I guess maybe I scared everybody from saying anything.
3: That's all right. But it, I I really feel that the biggest problem is, is that since we know that the whole operation is operating under a situation of presumption, mm-hmm. they're, they're able to do it because people haven't made their own claims. And your own claims also comes right down to your nationality. And because just because you're born someplace doesn't mean you belong to that place. Nope. Nope. Um, um, I've asked people uh, to prove to me that I was born in the United States, which we know that gets off on other rabbit holes, such as the United States is really located in District of Columbia, and I know I wasn't born there. But, and, and I've had people say, oh, well, oh, that's easy, your birth certificate. I'm like, oh, my strip of my birth with all the information on it, details? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I, I laid it down in front of a friend of mine. I said, you show me here where it shows that I was born in the United States. And they were like, well, here's your name right here. I said, well, I don't know. You got to remember the four-corner rule. Everything in a box only pertains to what's inside that box and not to the entire document. I said, yeah, there's a name there. I said, I'll go along with you with that. What's the name attached to? I said, well, right here it says male. Like, mail? Okay, I said, that's a scientific term. They used to use boy and girl. Yeah, uh, I said, I'll give you that. It says it says mail, and it says the name that people call me by. Uh, show me what it pertains to. And they're like, what do you mean? And so I said, well, this looks like my certificate of title for my car. and But the certificate of title for my car says that it is a... Uh, Ford Crown Victoria. So it says male, but male what? It says Brian, that's the name of something, that's a male, but a male what? Where's the what listed on here? And there is nothing listed on the Certificate of Birth of the certificate saying a male what or a female what? reason why is because that's, mm-hmm. it's a fiction, it's a fictional entity. It's a state-created for the U.S., a Title I entity, the office of person. Because they cannot have paper on a living man or woman because that would be a form of slavery, and we all know slavery, or at least involuntary slavery, is outlawed. So they can't have paper on the man or woman. Now, they can create a position for the man or woman or a capacity for them to operate in. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do that, no, that's fine. You have a choice to do that that kind of falls under the choice of association that we were talking about prior to uh, starting the recording.
4: Mhm.
3: So if you want to fall under a position created by the state, yeah, they'll let you do that. Just like that health card they wanted you to get, that's signifying that you're falling under a position created by the state.
5: Hmm. Interesting. Very
3: interesting. I I think when you really get down right now to reality of all this stuff, it's so much more simple than a lot of it's made out to be to people. I I know some people when they first see this stuff, I had somebody text me earlier today. They said, oh, my God, I feel like a deer in the headlights. (laughs) But when you really get a handle on it, it, it's not as complex as people I think it is. It's all about who you are. And that's what I tell people. You, you got to learn where you're from, where you're at, and who you really are. Figure out those things yeah. and it's simple after that.
1: And be consistent. That's another thing. It's just be consistent. Don't flip or flop because you're scared or fearful or anything. When you learn, just be who you are. It, it's
5: not that hard.
3: Yeah. Claim your position and stand on it. Stand on your square as the Masons would say.
1: Hmm where did you find that four-corner rule for some hearing
3: this? The first time you've heard this? Yeah. Uh, I I think there is a four-corner doctrine. You could probably Google okay. that. Because, yeah, four you know, corners. It, it, you okay. notice, I, and when I first learned it, I, I, I kind of, all of a sudden when you, it's kind of like that yellow VW or orange VW, um, idea that you never see one until you've owned one. Once you own an Orange VW, you start seeing them everywhere, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, so it's like once you hear some info, all of a sudden you start seeing evidence all all over the place. And when you're driving down Mm -hmm. the road, you notice the speed limit signs? They all have a border Mm -hmm. around them. Mm -hmm. Everything you see, it's got this border around it. It's like, oh, my God.
5: I just thought the border looked pretty. I didn't
1: realize it was for a purpose.
3: Yeah, yeah. The state is spending extra money to make their signs look pretty. <laughs>
1: well, they 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 spend a lot of money on a lot of bullshit. That's what I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I just googled it, and now now I get it. Four corners law: the meaning of a written contract, will, or deed is represented solely by its textual content. The yep. four corners of the document is derived from the text of the agreement itself, without relying on other resources or witnesses. So, yeah, just kind of what 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 you were saying, just kind of what what's in the square.
3: Can you copy and paste that into uh, copy and paste that into the tactical sovereignty um, chat link, and I'll go and I'll put it on the uh, board here.
1: The chat link. Okay, hold on. Give me a second. I just Googled it from Wikipedia. I'll go grab it here.
5: (sighs) But yeah, it's a very basic and simple doctrine. And it makes sense. Mm.
1: My spam jam is coming in in about five seconds here. Hopefully I can.
5: Here we go. So copied and pasted. Uh, there was a question from
1: this Duchess forty-seven. What do I do if I'm trying to get employment and they want me to fill out an IRS form? I can't as I'm not a U.S. citizen.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that, you know, that is, and thanks for taking a look at that for me, Sam. Um, That is a quandary that we find ourselves in uh, because I I, I kind of think that the creditor has collected on the debtor in possession, which was the United States of America. And I think that probably happened, I think just prior to 9-11. And so, it's really the department behind the IRS, um, the Treasury, or the IMF that is running America, that is who's in control now. Um, the only thing they care about control with is the money. That's it. They could care less about the laws, all that crap. They, they just want to be able to control the money. That's all it that really matters. That's <laughs>
4: good.
3: So uh, dealing with the IRS uh, can be a headache. I re- recommend people going to Weiss & Associates as far as the revocation of election. Uh, election has nothing to do with voting. Election comes down to choice, uh, your choice whether or not to be a taxpayer or not. So check out Weiss & Associates. That's W-E-I-S-S. Uh, Weiss Associates. Interesting. But that, that's all the more reason why we really need to get out and do what our forefathers did. And when I say our forefathers, I'm not talking about Abraham Lincoln or Thomas Jefferson. I'm talking about our great-grandparents and people 100, 150 years ago did. They had their own farms. They had their own businesses. And then some of them, got into the crafts of making furniture and started a business doing that. And those are the kind of things we're supposed to be doing. You know, everybody wants to say, oh, I'm sovereign because I was made in the image of my creator. Okay. That's all well and good. If you want to say that, but if you were made in the image of your creator, then are you also not supposed to be a creator and you're going to, you need to find the talents and the things that you're good at. And, create your own business and create a a way of being able to help and teach other people or provide products for them. Hmm. I think that's the other half of, in the image of our creator, that people miss.
1: Hmm. that's, That's a good point. That's a really good point.
3: I mean, Sam, Yeah, you grow a garden and stuff like that, um, and you donate, which is awesome, but at the same time, you could set up a little stand next to the road and sell carrots and potatoes.
1: Yeah, I could. I just, I would feel bad doing that. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I don't know if you've heard of, like, the Food for Free project at all. Right. I don't know I, I I don't know how to explain it. It's like I would be willing to sell my vegetables, but at the same time, like the reason why we've gotten by the way we have is because people have given to us, and I know when you're in a damn tight spot, it's hard to try and cough money for even the basics, so it's like, well, I mean, like made goods like you know, I crochet sandals and stuff as well, so it's like, well, I wouldn't give my sandals away for free unless i i felt they needed to be given away for free for whatever reason, but, like, you can't live without food. You can live without some crocheted barefoot sandals, but you can't live without food.
3: Well, yeah, you've got time and material invested into those sandals the same way you yeah. do into a potato or carrot or onions that you grow. But what you, that can, is do, true. But what you can do is on the side of the road, to help people out because the people coming across aren't people that you could always reach. They're people you probably will never meet maybe and instead of selling a five pound bag of potatoes for four and a half bucks like they do at the grocery store, you can say, you know, I'm going to sell them for two bucks. I'm going to make life easier on you. Buy them from me and I'll, it'll be easier on you than going to the grocery store. That is and that, true. That way you're doing <laughs> a service to those people.
1: That is true. I'll have to think on so, that because I just feel funny. Funny selling it.
2: <laughs> well, I yeah. agree with Brian. I agree with Brian. I think that, uh, I mean, one of the things of being self sufficient is that is that you it's not always it doesn't always have to be a, a selfish mindset. Uh, and, you know, and what happens is that when you when you have an opportunity to grow what you what you eat and maintain it, and it grows a little bit in terms of surface area and everything else you might find that you might have to employ people. And then at that point, if it, if it grows to a, into a, to a level where maybe you can also give it away for free now, because now you're not only sustained, now you're sustaining your family and you're taking care of the mm-hmm. people that are most important to you. And now you're free to be generous, you know, somewhere else versus having to struggle day in, day out. You, you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And yeah, that makes at, sense.
3: At the same time, those people that come and buy it, you know, People have lost so much knowledge that at the same time, you could show them, hey, you know what? If you take a potato and cut it in half or cut it in corners and do this or that with it, it'll start growing eyes. You put it, you know, X amount of uh, inches, eight, 10 inches under the ground. And guess what? Next year, you'll have your own potatoes growing and you won't have to go to me. You won't have to go to the grocery store.
1: That is true.
2: I have a question, Brian, though, I mean, based on the idea of being independent and doing your own tasks, you know, we, we live in a country where, I mean, I don't think all of us can be independent, uh, for lack of a better word, independent business owners. I mean, it's sooner or later, uh, you, you, you have to employ someone else. Someone else has to help you. I mean, unless the operation is always a one- or two-person operation, but if the whole idea is to, uh, I don't know, ambition towards growing something, a, a business or anything else, eventually... You will need people to employ. So then, those people, technically, under under what you're talking about, Brian, they they won't ever they won't ever be their own sovereign uh, business owners because they're employees of someone else. I mean, that that's kind of how it's always been. People may have had their own farms back in the day, but you know, large farms required other people to also to also be employed as well. So it's not. I I don't think it's. I don't know if maybe you mentioned if it's a generalized statement that you're making or or maybe it's just a it's just an encouragement to seek your own way you know your own way in the world but when you do find that business and you do find and 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 you you end up having and adopting more clients or expanding into more needs areas you it's going to require other people to be there and those people will be employees and they won't be independent business owners
3: well i i know what you're saying and i know there's some people that at the same time wouldn't have the capability as well But if you look around your home at just basic things, you'll see that, you know, there could be 20 different people that uh, you could be purchasing different things from. Um, Just take your refrigerator, for instance. Not everybody could supply everything, or not one individual man or woman could supply everything that's in a refrigerator, such as... Eggs, meat, milk, Uh, then you're getting into like flour, sugar, more other agricultural things. So even within your own pantry or refrigerator itself, that alone, you're finding maybe at least half a dozen or more different uh, men or women that would be supplying those things. And then as far as the the home itself, you're looking at furniture, different things that you use, uh, if you use tobacco, somebody that just grows tobacco. You know, somebody that grew tobacco uh, could sell tobacco probably to no more than 20 acquaintances that they know and make a living off of just that alone. This is the reason why we've got corporations that are making hundreds of millions of dollars. Is that one individual or board or stakeholders or shareholders, do they need that quantity of money for their existence? No, they don't. That gives them the ability to have four or five homes in two, three different countries, boats, yachts, all this extra stuff, stuff that is not necessities of life. Uh, Stuff that that they might not even go and visit once every five or ten years. You know what I mean? I think a few, a very few resources have been made (laughs) so widespread. They've been spread so thin out that we, we don't realize that just one little community itself take care of each other fine um if you have women that can um make clothing and sew and things like that i mean how do you think these amish communities survive this is exactly what the amish communities do and it's not about becoming a millionaire or anything like that i mean uh, do we want to be the man that can't fit through the eye of the needle? And then on top of it, there's so many other things that people don't even know about that you can actually, uh, profit off from, And at the same time, help other people. I mean, I'm really considering leaving what I'm doing now and have done for like 30 years as an occupation. And, uh, to start distributing my Organite products. Uh, Start teaching and showing people about how to use divining rods and selling those. Um, Showing people how they can use different frequencies to help their body and, and heal themselves. And the list even goes on from there of just things that people don't know about anymore that I've employed in my life That has, oh my Lord, totally changed my life, totally changed my world.
5: Would I I, miss everything?
6: No? How are you doing, Dave? Hey, good. How's it going, Brian?
3: Wonderful, brother. What's going on tonight? Um, Well, we we were just uh, in the beginning covering, uh, making out an affidavit to, or notice to uh, claim your property, i.e. your offspring, or pretty much anything else for that matter.
7: Okay. Okay.
3: And uh, now we've been talking about really becoming self-sufficient and not necessarily needing an employer and uh, being able to make do on your own. That sounds interesting. And helping the rest of your community at the same time. Wow. Well, I'd like to hear that. <laughs> well, you're probably going to have to go back and listen to the recording.
6: Okay. <laughs> well, we're pretty much over, eh?
3: Uh, well, not really. We're, I don't know. we're an hour in. Okay. Um. Uh, dave
7: excuse me this is gary don hey gary yeah i i heard what the, what the what brian had to say and it was so wonderful what i've heard so far it just boils down to what what he said was just simple simple as i know there's other things about you
4: know,
7: cause you, the things you don't need in life just you don't have to have them right you just take care of the needs and. And that, that has been a, that's that been an old thing since I grew up. I was raised by my grandparents, and I'm 83, so you can figure it out. My great-grandfather was still living, and he was 96 when he died. And I never knew what it was to take a vacation. Never heard of such a thing. Yeah, we don't take vacations. We never went to the movies.
6: We don't go to the movies.
7: We didn't drink alcohol.
6: We don't drink alcohol.
7: So right there, that's a big, big pile off your back. I let Brian continue. I didn't want to jump in. I just want to jump and say hi to Brian for sure. I appreciate that. Keep up that good work, and maybe you'll maybe you'll get some people to listen and, and understand you, you don't need a yacht, and you don't need all this stuff. You don't need to be something I'd never do again. I admit this. I would never play the game of golf again as long as, as, long as I live. I would have nothing to do with it. It's was a waste of my time. Especially my money, and as you grow older, Brian, when, when you're eighty, when you're when you're seventy, cost of living is one thing. By the time you're eighty, it's another. It's another cost of living. It's it's going up all the time, and you don't figure this when you're younger. But cars used to be what four or five thousand. How they're a brand new car is thirty. No, I remember
3: when they were even less than that, half of that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I, I I remember my father, um, when he was alive, I, gosh, how old was I? I? I think I was about 10 years old. My father bought a big four-door Pontiac, and he bought it brand new. It was $1,600. I think this was back in 1976, 1978. Yeah. Huh. I mean, if that doesn't tell you what inflation has done. And, and Gary Don brought up something very interesting. He sparks something very interesting there. And that is something that has been lost that people don't realize anymore. And I, I've i got local friends with children and stuff that are reintroducing this idea to their children, which is totally scary to me, but they're reintroducing this idea that there's a difference between your needs and your wants. Mm-hmm. And I think we've transitioned the past 30 years. I've really seen people transition, I think from the sixties up until the turn of the century into thinking there's no difference between need and a want. It's the same thing. And you're given all these advertisements and all this stuff on TV. Um, it's the commercial world. and well, it's comm- right. I want what I need and I need what I want. Yeah. But this and commercial other world thing. Hey, is that other realm thing. we're not supposed to be in. Go ahead, Gary, Yeah,
5: Just the other thing is the old <laughs>
7: adage is uh, a woman wants a mink coat, but a mink needs it.
4: <laughs> you got yeah, right. that right. <laughs>
5: Um, like I, I wanted
7: golf clubs, I didn't need them.
4: The
5: golf
7: I had. The, the golf courses needed the golf clubs, so they could take take our money, and and just sit there. And many times you'd sit there for an hour and a half before you could even tee off because the lineup was so great and people were playing professional, uh, like they're some kind of professional making a fifty thousand dollar putt, walk around the green for ten minutes. <coughs> you know, uh, nonsense. Some of the craziest people I ever met were on the golf course. And I I would say they were not very smart either.
5: Yeah.
3: yeah, I was was
7: included because I was there. (laughs) I've
3: I've worked for a number of uh, millionaires and billionaires and got to know those guys fairly closely, as close as I wanted to. And one of the first things I realized was that just because they were a millionaire or billionaire didn't mean they were smart because some of these guys were not smart at all. They were just at the right time, the right place, got lucky. And the funniest thing was when I was uh, working in their businesses that I shook my head because they could have been making so much more if they were smart or just had even common sense and listen to those around them. But their ego wouldn't let them do that. Uh, the ego is the one thing that I see hurts people more often than anything else is that ego. You got to get the ego under control. Brian, I used to yeah. be
6: a property manager and uh, I I worked for some owners of some you know, pretty big apartment complexes and I used to say these guys trip over dollars to save pennies.
4: <laughs>
3: well, and that that's what I say actually where I work at now. I I say that they freaking they trip over a freaking dollar to pick up a penny. Yeah. Same exact thing. You know, and uh, I had an epiphany this last week, and I, I really wanted to mention it on this week's call. And this was something that kind of really threw me back on my butt, all right? And this is something that I think a lot of people can identify with to one degree or another. And that is, you know, I, I've spoke before on different interviews and calls about my father, for some reason, always having a big yard. And, of course, as the only boy, um, I, I was in charge of keeping it mowed, And so I got a lot of time sitting on the lawnmower and a lot of time thinking. I've talked about this. And one of those thoughts that used to run through my mind was that I was seeing my mother and father run back and forth doing what they had to do in this world to keep everything going. Seeing the same thing with uh, neighbors and friends, people I knew, my friends, mom and dads, you know, how busy they were. And I was like, you know, it's like everything is laid out for us. You know, you go to school, uh, then you're supposed to get a job, whatever, go to college, get married. And then produce offspring or do the same thing. And it's a whole cyclical situation. And I always thought, you know, this is ridiculous. I said, I, and here's the thing this is the epiphany that came to me. Because I used to say to myself, I didn't ask to be here. Why am I here? How am I brought into this? How am I forced into this cyclical situation that? profits none of us it only profits the higher-ups something's wrong here i didn't ask to be here and i don't want to be here and i went on i went on living my life for a number of years with that mind thought
5: i didn't ask to be here
3: don't want to be here this is ridiculous And then, October 10th of 1997, um, I killed myself in a car accident. And I've since found out that it took uh, three attempts afterwards to bring me back, which they obviously did bring me back, and... I, I spent uh, like three weeks in a rehab hospital I was transferred to another hospital a few hundred miles away and found out that if this had happened even a year earlier, they probably would have amputated my left leg. But uh, this doctor that happened to be at the county where I happened to have the situation occur, had just gone to a seminar and learned a couple of techniques, so he wanted to give it a try, which I will thank him for. That's Dr. Brophy in Traverse City, Michigan.
5: But the epiphany that came
3: to me was that I used to think that as a a kid and as a young adult. I didn't ask to be here. Why am I here? What responsibility do I have? And the powers that be for me, my creator, told me, said, you know what? Guess what? Now you did ask to be here. (laughs) Your body fought. You fought to stay here. You didn't have to. I remember my time in a coma. It wasn't pretty. I probably could have gone another direction if I wanted to. But I fought to stay here. And so the creator told me this last week, you know what, Brian? Now you have asked to be here. And so now you do have a responsibility. And that really set me back in my butt and said, oh, my God, there is more to this. And now there is a responsibility that I have because I'm not here anymore by happenstance. I'm here now by total intention because this is where I want to be.
5: There's something I need to do here. And I can't have that attitude any longer.
3: That just really wow. kind of shocked. That just really kind of shocked me this last week.
6: Wow. Yeah, that's quite a story, Brian. You said in nineteen ninety-seven that happened. Correct. What was the date?
3: October tenth.
6: October tenth. My daughter got hit by a car last year on October eleventh. Um, walking across the street, an SUV hit her, going forty miles an hour. And uh, she lived. She's doing pretty well, too.
3: Well, you know, and I remember when I came out of Coma, um, my my father had purchased a, a radio for me. And it, it was playing next to me. In fact, I still have the radio sitting right here next to me right now. And um, over the radio, Somebody, and I was just coming out of the coma. Somebody was talking about the death of John Denver. And it like hit me because I thought I had ran into him during my coma. Wow. And, and I felt like I was living in, I was coming into a totally new universe. None of this made sense to me. And even today, when I think back on things prior to 1997, um, that was a different individual. Um, That was a different lifetime. I, I feel like I am a totally separate person than what I was at that time. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but I mean, normally when you think back on your memories, I mean, you can relate with them. When I think back on some of the earlier memories of my life, to me it's like I'm looking in the window of someone else's life.
5: Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. And,
3: but that really showed me that, that there's really different dimensions going on here. hmm. It really is. Uh, the, you know, people are worried about CERN opening up different dimensions and stuff. Well, uh, I've had confirmation that CERN has opened different dimensions. People don't realize it. And, in fact, what is CERN isn't just located there on the border of Sweden and France. There are over 30 CERNs all over the world right now. They're they're rolling off the blueprint for making those uh, conveyor belt basically. People need to be aware of this.
5: There's one in Texas. Yeah. Uh, University but, of Texas has one.
4: What but, was uh,
6: that,
7: guys? What was it called?
4: CERN, CERN. Super
7: Hadron Collider,
3: where they okay, smash
7: atoms. You. Yeah. Thank you. I got it. Yep. No, there was the other one's in Zern, Switzerland, isn't it? Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's on the border of Switzerland and France. Um but the big ordeal, and I think it's gonna be two thousand twenty, is they're gonna have one rolling in South Dakota. And that's really maybe gonna be when the, you know what hits the fan. When is that date? Sometime in two thousand twenty.
5: Nice. Is a synchrotron the same thing? Or is that. I don't know. A synchrotron? Is that what you said? Yeah. And I don't a Saskatoon know. has a synchrotron
1: here. But I don't know if that's the same thing.
5: Where's here? You're in
6: Canada?
1: Yeah. In Canada. Saskatchewan. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, in Canada.
6: Okay. I've got family there. Um, check out, uh, Yeah, are you on the Internet?
1: I can whip it open. Oh, well, I, I don't
6: mean not to right now, but I've got a friend named Mike Phillip. He's a radio host uh, in uh, Alberta. Um, he's got a radio show every Saturday uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern called Americanookradio.com. And it's I I don't miss it. I, I I listen to it every Saturday. He's I might be a little biased but uh, he's a friend of mine and uh, it's a great show. You might want to check him out. Um I'm gonna call I'll ask him, what'd you call it? A cyclotron?
1: Think synchotron? Think, yeah.
6: I'll have to ask Mike if he knows about that. And it's there in Saskatchewan?
1: You bet it's in Saskatoon.
7: Okay, Saskatoon. I mean, right.
1: they've only ever told me that they like run atoms and stuff and see things as, or it's like a giant. I'm not sure. It, it's been quite a few years since I've even
4: <coughs>
1: been around there. But like when it's, this, when this thing runs, it takes up like a third of the Saskatoon city of Saskatoon's power. So it's a big freaking machine. It's, yeah, like, the is it only underground one in like Canada or something? Huh?
6: Is it underground?
1: No, it's above ground.
6: Really, because I know all of them, all the ones that I know of are all underground. And they're like, you know, bigger than football fields.
5: They're
1: huge. Bigger than a football. It's not big, but it's not like massive.
4: Okay.
6: It might be an early version of one.
3: Well, you know what? I want to say also that it, as far... Because they're trying to open a porthole and what, the, what they're really trying to do is open the porthole for Apollo. Because I've asked my resources what's going on and, and that's what they say. They want to let Apollo out. Uh, they want to let the uh, demon of, I guess, disaster out or whatever you want to say. But... um. Great. At the same time um with the resources I've got, I've been showing that these portholes and and we know that there's certain por- portholes in the Middle East, like in orion, there's a porthole there um they believe that they can create a porthole with these uh pillars of bale that they're putting up in different parts of uh the world uh, there was one that's supposed to be put up in New York, right. But London. Right. And in London. But it's not that big a deal. It can be done very simply. In fact, anybody can open a porthole on your own and slip into it. And these are some of the secrets from the mystery schools that have been hidden from people for a long time. These are some of the secrets that if you really go in to what Yeshua was teaching in the Bible, you'll find them. Uh, for instance, when you when Yeshua when Yeshua in the Bible was when he took the the, uh, the bread and the two fishes and he fed the masses, what he mm-hmm. was really doing there is he was actually teaching people hydroponics.
5: Mm.
3: Because the the translation or transliteration of the original text was given to us in a very simplistic way.
5: Uh, Brian, Gary Don.
3: Yeah, how you doing, Gary? Okay. What,
5: uh, are,
7: are some of these what they call some of the major vortexes around, around the around the world? Uh, vortexes?
3: Yeah, there are some major ones around the world that are created by entities that you don't necessarily want to deal with. But you can open up your own porthole right where you live at. Well, don't tell us how. Well, maybe I'll do a video one of these days and show you. <laughs>
1: Tutorial, and then you get sucked in by some giant green hand or something. Yeah. Well, that's the end of that.
4: <laughs> yeah. is it, All right. Isn't it
6: Nebuchadnezzar? Was he, like, uh, did he have something to do with Babel, the Tower of Babel, Gary? Because I don't, I listen to Anthony Patch. And he he goes into some great detail about CERN and uh these uh, portals and um you know they got the head you know or the body, and they're trying to connect the head and uh, you know it's it's pretty demonic what these guys are trying to pull off
7: yeah. i I'm more just to be real honest you know you know i I'm in the scripture been there for years, I spent all day today and all day yesterday, This is hundred degrees up here. And I wasn't able to go out and monkey around uh, doing, doing firewood, which I still do. But I'm more familiar with the vortexes, and and, a, and I deal, you know, work with them just on, on the farm, okay, for for energies. And uh, and, uh, and they could, they some people call them crop circles, but they're really nothing more than than energy centers. I, I, I maybe I'm, I'm I'm probably way off base when it comes to the the portals. They I thought maybe they, you,
3: that's why I'm asking Brian.
7: I don't know. No, you're totally, maybe, correct, Barry.
3: Barry, you're totally correct, Gary. Gary, you're totally
7: correct. The vortexes do have something with due to portals.
3: Yeah, you're totally
7: correct. Yeah. Okay, thank you. The big ones. And, and I, I, don't, I don't get we don't get involved in any of that so far in the farm. We do have we do have the lay lines that uh, you know we can follow and, and and pick up with our with our L rods and things, and and come come where the vortexes come together. And yes, there are some of them that are more powerful than others. Okay, right, right, right on the, you know, right on the right on our own far, the farm. Okay, and and uh, I get to when I was younger, I used to get to do that quite a bit for friends of ours. You know, and some of my friends are even more accomplished at uh, doing vortexes than I was. So I worked with them for quite a while, and they were younger than I. But uh, since I I don't, uh, tra- don't travel as much. I don't have as much exposure to it. But I, I appreciate, thank you for the info back in. I, I, I tell Dave, I think the more we discuss things and the more we disagree, honorably disagree with with each other, uh, the more we learn. You learn nothing because if I talk about what I talk about, I already know it. The only thing that I can do is expand on what I know by listening to somebody else talk about it. So thank you very much.
3: Well, I expand on what i found by hearing other people give their little tidbits, which helps me kind of connect the dots. And I would recommend to anybody, when you're looking at scriptures and things, I mean, I I never went to a public school. I went to a quote-unquote Christian school my whole life and learned scriptures in order to have a higher grade level I memorized chapters, and it wasn't just a matter of memorizing it. I had to spell the words correctly. I had to put punctuation in correctly, all of that. And I could only have three things incorrect in a, in a chapter in order to pass for that. So, I mean, I, I, I know my Bible, all right? But Good. I would I would recommend to anybody to go to the channel called uh, The Fuel Project and go to their playlist called Know Your Enemy. Um, I also have Know Your Enemy on one of my playlists, uh, Brian Parker Tattoo Sovereignty on YouTube. And it is over 70 different um, YouTubes. It's, I think, Gosh, maybe 100 hours of info, but it's more information than anybody gets just going to seminary, any, any semester seminary. they will get way more info, and it will show you um, the history of people, the Bible, the secret societies, all of this, and step, the step-by-step development of all of this. And to me, that is a good foundation that people need to
5: have. He said you can find this on your YouTube.
3: Yeah, my YouTube, if you go to my created playlist and look up uh, Know Your Enemy,
5: we've opened YouTube here
3: <laughs> but yeah I've, I, and I've got playlists on all sorts of subjects that I've compiled and you know instead of so just listening to radio while you're driving down the road you know turn on one of the playlists learn something Activate, activate your mind. Instead of putting your mind into that beta state, activate your mind and learn something that will give you a foundation for your life.
5: Oh, well, you're
1: preaching to the choir, honey. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
5: for all those other listeners out there, Well, and, yeah, I found it I
3: found it it'll take a week or so for you to get through it and I would recommend maybe even taking notes while you're going through it
1: I have to download but... it at my parents place and then hmm. put it on my iPod and veg out
3: well, that will give you a better education as far as Scripture goes than anything that you'll get at any seminary. Perfect. Brian? Yeah, what's up, brother?
7: Do you have that on, like, a DVD?
3: Uh, no, I don't, and I don't know if it is provided on DVD. Um, I just know it's on YouTube. What about and, DVD? Yeah, no, either or. No, I don't think so. But, I mean, yeah. if you're online, I mean, you just go to it and turn on the playlist, and it'll play one of them after another. Some of them are 10 minute songs, some are 20 minute songs. Would, all... would,
7: you, would you repeat that again, please? I'm a little bit slow here. Maybe
3: I somebody know.
7: else will
3: help too. Yeah, I, I, I said some are 10 minute songs, some are 20 minute songs, but one person is on, the other. Yeah, but yeah, and that's on YouTube. Um, you just turn on the playlist. You know, hit the forward button for the playlist, and it starts going through them. Playlist, but
7: I don't understand. But I'll I'll figure it out. I guess. You, All you, right. You, you, you turn your you you got your computer on, and you, and, you, and you tune into YouTube. All right.
1: And I'll post the link pl- right now. What on the chat? I said I'll go post a link on the chat. Know your
7: enemy. Oh, they have to have that know your enemy first.
3: Well, yeah. That, that's that's the name of the playlist. Yeah. Oh okay. Um, if you if anybody has a problem using YouTube or any different things, I strongly recommend if you've got like a 12 or 13 year old granddaughter or grandson. Go ask them; they'll show you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Let's
4: got get people to know young. everything.
7: Yeah, I'm I'm computer illiterate. So yeah that
3: that's why I said that. Yeah, because you know what? There's some things that I was trying to figure out with YouTube, and so I went to a YouTube search to say, "Okay, how do I do this?" And it was like an eight-year-old kid teaching it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah.
5: It kind of makes you feel inadequate a little bit. Just like, ugh.
3: But But this is the culture that they've grown up with, and they this is the only thing they know. This is how they know how to do stuff. So, yeah, they can show you how to do it. Which is a shame, because that that's,
1: it, it, that's the only thing they know how to do.
3: Yeah. AI has totally taken over their life. Yeah. It's very interesting to know this part of your life. I've
7: known who you are for years. You know that. And uh, I, I just I just can't listen to to, to everything. But um, Dave Absolutely. says, I'll get you. I, I talked to Dave. He so said, I'll get you on, on with Brian. I said, I wish you would get get me going. He says, So I did. And I, I really appreciate it. I, of course, and I love the scriptures. I was on an all-day Bible study today. I, I used the Strong's Concordance. Uh, along with the King James Version. I, I got it on a, on, a, on a computer. That's all that's on a computer. And, so, of course, radionics is on there. And then well, uh, I, I used the Davis Dictionary and some other concordances and other history
3: types of things. And uh, I kind of you know to... Go ahead. All all that stuff was passed on to me by my father as well. So yeah. you're, you're old enough. You remember Rex Umbard. Yeah, I know who he was, yes. Yeah, my father was one of his pastors. Okay. And well, you know, I,
7: it, I found out something in the last two years, and uh, it's very interesting, and I'll be teaching this, in fact, I'll have a DVD of it, and I don't sell them, I just give them away. I think they're going to do a DVD Saturday, but it's called Born Again, The Big Lie, or Born From
3: Above. And Well... I, I really think that being born again isn't what we're told it is. I really firmly believe that. But no, yeah, I, I want to
7: uh, guarantee when you look at the, I guess, send you the DVD when you get or the DVD. You'll, you'll, I got sixty overheads just, just on that subject
3: alone. Yeah, yeah, I, I and I think I found what it really means. But mm-hmm. uh, when I uh, also when I was referring to Rex Humbard. Rex Humbard uh, basically stole my father's first wife.
4: <laughs>
3: that, that sounds correct, yeah. And that's why my father left Rex church and uh, moved from the southwest back up towards Michigan and uh, just started doing his own thing, opening uh, schools for kids because he didn't want kids going to the public schools.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I agree. All right. I
7: just, I just share this quickly. I don't want to take any more of t- your time. But the the word "born again" was, was not in the in the, like John three three says you must be born again. The the word in the Hebrew or in the Greek, I'm sorry, was "born from above." But when they translated it from the "born from above," they put "born again." That was never in that original, original scripture. Okay, it's like um, John, John 3, uh, 16 through 19. That was never in the original text.
3: Uh, yeah, I know. Just like yeah. the word God was never in the Bible. No, it was a, a Y-H-V-H, Yod-He-V-I-He. Uh, could you could you and I schedule a time to talk? Yes, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, just not doing more tonight. <laughs> no, no, I know that. Um, uh, do you have pen and paper? Yeah, I do. Uh hold on. Wait, are you on Facebook? No. Okay. Uh, I am trying to think of a way of putting this out here without <laughs> without putting my number out publicly. Oh give it
7: to can you give it to Dave? Uh, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I'll get it from Dave. Okay. I'll give it to Dave and uh have him give it to you.
7: Yeah, he'll give it to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll work it out
3: uh but yeah, a lot of things uh that you're saying totally correlates exactly with what I've found
5: yeah
3: well it, um, it, it, it's it's a simple, simple thing
7: if you read the scripture, and I tell my son who's a Baptist preacher, this, if you read the scripture, it's very clear you may have to do a little in depth study, but that's all it takes, and you don't have to have an interpreter to interpret thou shalt thou shalt not. Okay, right. or, or thou shalt rest the land every seven years. You don't yeah. have to have an interpretation of this. But, but we've we got so many of these different churches. They are the ones that put all the all the sling of things. And I know you owe them be quiet. Bye-bye.
3: No, no, you're good. You know, so much of, so much of what people hear about in the church says that... To the 10, you must repent. You got somebody on there.
4: Yeah, I am. There's some serious background noise. Okay.
3: I guess I'll just close the background noise.
4: You know, it's like a TV
1: or
3: something. Uh, hold on. This is giving me uh. There we go. Um, so much with scripture, they correlate repent with being born again. And that's not what repent means. Repent does not mean being born again. Repent, and they also say that, that, is, that you're supposed to ask forgiveness. Now, repent is a changing of your life. It's a changing of your mind and a changing of your ways. And that you start living a different lifestyle. That's what repent is. And
4: uh,
3: I'll go and unmute from there. All right. Sounds like that background noise left. But yeah, that's what I found repent really means. It's a changing of your mind and a changing of the way you live.
5: I see you're there, Sam. I'm here. Oh, okay. Borrowing my scissors back from
1: my little guy.
3: All right. Well, I guess we had a good call night. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, it is very uh, simple to end the presumption that the system operates under. Um, It's just a matter of the fact that everybody has just kind of gone along to get along. They don't stand up and make a claim.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I uh I learned that dealing with South Power
1: actually. Well it's like, you know, I you know it that you respond to a claim, but I actually got to try that out dealing with South Power and uh yeah, that was fun. So definitely uh always respond. Always respond. Don't ever not.
3: Yeah, That's you always a bad have to. Idea. Yeah, you always have to respond. And also, I there's another playlist um, on my channel that I created. Um, from Empower is the name of the people, and what they were doing is that uh, they were actually giving an affidavit. Uh, to these organizations that were responsible for certain towers and things like that and for uh, putting the smart meters on homes right, and holding the CEOs responsible. And I was looking at that, and I was seeing the results of what had occurred because some of the CEOs were even stepping down and leaving the corporation. I'm like, whoa, wait a
5: minute.
3: This is exactly what I've been talking about. This is exactly what can be used, and so you know there's you
1: go- a lot of people there's a lot of people around here who are getting to the Saskatchewan took all those fucking smart meters out. Am I allowed to swear on here? I swear all the time uh
3: well, this is our talk show, and this is I listed this as community, so not really no.
1: okay, no swearing, okay, uh. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of people, uh... I think here. that's the
6: official name for them, though, Brian. What's that? I think that's the official name for those... those meters. What she called them?
3: The oh, smart meters? yeah. No, 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 a different word. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh, the bad word. Okay, yeah, yeah okay, I get ya. So... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people around here who, uh, like, they took them all out of Saskatchewan and then they said they weren't going to put them back in. And then they started putting them back in again. And I had a friend not too long ago, basically, they showed up at her house and told her that uh, they were going to be putting it in or they were going to be cutting off her power altogether. So she freaked out and she let them put it in because they can't not be without power, you know, living in rural Saskatchewan, in the middle of nowhere, I'm trying well, to they swear can, here.
3: But, but they can't. <laughs> But they can't cut your power off. That that was a lie.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is people don't know that. Yeah,
3: you know, they, the they fall for the lie. They fall for the lie, but.
1: Because we've got one power company in Saskatchewan here, and that's SaskPower, and that's it. If you don't have like uh, some sort of solar power or anything, you go through SaskPower, and that's Well,
3: it. I'll tell you what. Uh, here at my place. Um, I have a duplex, right? Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a duplex because I remember, all right, a little backstory. Um, Friends of mine told me a few years ago, they said, Brian, you need to buy a place. I'm like, why? They said, oh, our house has increased $30,000 in value in the last two months. And I said, well, you know what that tells me? I said, that tells me I'm too late. I said, I'm going to wait for the market to drop. And so I waited for the market to fall out, and I bought a duplex for $78,000 that Mm -hmm. the year before was selling for $278,000, all
4: right?
3: Yeah. All right, so now I bought a place at a third of the price, and uh, I went and I put, you you can buy heavy-duty tinfoil, all right? Yeah. And so, just regular tinfoil. I bought heavy-duty tinfoil. I wrapped it around the meters on the back of the house. Huh. And my, uh... The tenant, the people that ran out the other half, the girl comes over to me and she says, yeah, she says, somebody from the electric company was here yesterday and it was because you've got tinfoil wrapped around the meter. I said, yeah. I said, so what's the problem? Well... She said, the woman said, actually, that was a good thing that you did it because that helps keep her job. What? Among other problems. She said, you are protecting yourself and you are preserving my job. Because. What was her job? Well, her job was to read the meter. But.
4: Oh. when the,
3: With the smart meters, the smart meters give info from one meter to one meter to the next meter, and it relays it to the main switch at the end of the street, which sends it to the company, which means they don't need to have a meter reader come out and check your house.
5: Oh. Okay.
3: See. Plus, plus, we know all the problems that are happening with the freaking... Um, electromagnetic frequencies from those smart meters. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Messing with the blood cells and stuff.
3: Yeah. The attempt ultimately is actually to change your DNA.
5: Hmm. Interesting. And I would imagine it doesn't change it for the better. We're
1: not going to no. have a bunch of little Superman running around here. We're going to have a bunch of
5: uh uh other issues.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely.
5: Huh?
1: Well, then.
3: and you know what? This all goes back to the beginning of our call night This is why you need to claim your property. This is why you need mm-hmm. to claim yourself, who you are. You need to put your own declaration of status out. Who you serve? Mm-hmm. Who you, who you follow? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, they're going to assume that you're following them. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Well, I, I, I wanna...
5: you know Mika, hey? Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, like, he's he teaches me a lot of this stuff. And then I ran into running with the cops a little while ago. And uh, cop pulled me over because, you know, no red, not a registered vehicle, yada, yada, yada. And I gave him my ID, like the one I have notarized. Cause I gave my other, my license back. I got my new ID notarized. They gave the other one back and told him they can throw it out, burn it, do whatever they want with it. I don't need it anymore. He's like, Oh, well, I mean, are you sure? I was like, well, yeah, I'm like 110% sure. Like I'm not going back. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to assume they canceled it because, like, this cop pulled me over, and it took him an hour and a half, and he kept threatening to – he kept telling me, you know, get somebody to come get your kids and yada, yada, because you're going down to the cop shop till we can identify you. And I was like, well, I mean, how – I asked him, like, how long is that going to take? He's like, well, as long as it takes. I'm like, well, this is the only form of ID that I carry, so if that's as long as it takes, you're threatening to hold me indefinitely. And he's just like, oh, well, that's not – He's like, well, it might take that. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But then, like, you know, because I gave him my ID, and he's like, well, that's not in our system. We can't write a ticket to this. And I was like, well, that's the point, is I don't use your guys' system. So if you could just write me a ticket to that anyway, we can both be on our way. But they were looking for a contracting instrument, like uh, the license. And when I finally told them, you know, what the name was that I used to use or that I'm still an acting agent of until I can get it, you know, deceased in court or whatever, he came back and gave me a ticket in the wrong name. Entirely different information. And he told me that, you know, I still had a license. I was like, yeah, no, no, I don't because they canceled it. I don't use it anymore. But he kept telling me over and over again, he's like, oh, I can't I can't write you a ticket because the the name on this, this ID that you gave me isn't in the system. I'm like, well, that's because I don't use your guys' system.
5: That, right. That's the whole point.
3: You know what? Miko was so, what? What? Miko was one of the first people I ever freaking of checked out a long yeah. time ago. I would love to get him on here one of these times.
1: That guy is solid. He is solid. He knows what he's talking about, and he's done it hundreds of times before. Like out of there's there's few people that I trust with any sort of information, but like him, no. It's it's he's he's a man of his word. He walks yeah. the walk. He doesn't just talk to talk.
3: Yeah, I know. That's why I'd like to get Mike on here, okay? Because a lot of people talk stuff, and and then you ask them, okay, well, can you show me how you did it? And then they disappear. They don't answer back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or they'll charge you copious amounts of money for it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can show you, but it's going to be 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah, no. <laughs> All right,
3: Sam. Yes, um, 11 o'clock yeah. now. This has been an awesome call. It really has. And I think people can learn a lot of stuff from this. I really do. Mhm. Thanks for being here, Sam. And
4: yeah, hopefully, thanks yeah, for having
3: me well, Absolutely. And we will connect again. And like I tell everybody, you know what? If you want to know what to research, research where you're from where you're at, and who you really are. That'll give you the answers right there. Absolutely. That gives you the answers.
5: Comment? Comment? Yeah. Somebody want to say something? Yeah. This is Lola. Um,
0: I just wanted to say that I think that where we're... I've listened to so many groups and so many ideas of how to get out of the system, and I'm listening to some different ones again now that I've kind of picked up on but I think that you know I think there's probably more than one way out we're just not sick we're not turning the key into the lock, and we're not clicking it final. And so that's why we're still struggling with this. But one thing I think we need to do, if whatever documents we use need to be done extremely clearly and they need to be hand-delivered and signed off on. You do get this, right, folks? Uh, you're signing off on this. You understand what I'm talking about here to the chief of the police of your town, to the sheriff's department, to the state that they understand, you hand carry these and, and show them that they understand so that the next time you get stopped, you're not sitting in the same position going through this complete argument all over again. Is there something, is is this ringing a bell with anyone besides me? I mean, we can't let them continue to think that they're going to well, just continue to pick us up.
3: Yeah, I, I know, and I've done it. Um, and it's actually kind of a twofold process. process. Uh, number one, one of the things I looked back on is, okay, if I want to declare who and what I am, who else has done this? Well, I'll go back to the Declaration of Independence. What was that about? The Declaration of Independence was, and even the Mayflower Compact, it was a matter of people saying who and what they were and who they were following and who they were serving, okay? Um, Now, the problem when it comes to driving okay, is that sure, the Constitution says you have that right. Uh, Supreme Court says you have that right. And so everybody wants to stand on that. The only problem is that they left that right and they went and joined a private membership association called the Department of Motor Vehicles that has its own rules and regulations. And when when you disobey the rules of the Department of Motor Vehicles rules and regulations, the courts are only enforcing your contract with them. That's all it comes mm-hmm. down to. So what yep. you have to do is you have to correct your position and your status and and put yourself back as that natural man or woman, that non-statutory mm-hmm. entity. Yep. So I, I get I mean.
0: Make- yeah, it's that simple, but I guess I want to find the group of people that's going to go after the state directly and sue them for the fraud of getting us oh. under this contract that we didn't even <clears throat> have any idea
3: uh, that uh, is, I'll, what it was. I'll tell you, hold on. I'll tell you what. If you want to go to war with them, they'll go to war with you. And do you know where you'll end up? Uh, where where what will the, I end what, up? what well, what did scripture say vengeance is mine saith the lord vengeance is not yours it's not mine it's not yours vengeance does not belong to us the only thing you can do is separate and say yeah no thank you i'm not really part of your system i'm going to follow the system of my creator
0: so you feel that's vengeance when you're when someone is absolutely lying to you that's vengeance and you can't stand on that and 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 fix that wrong that they that they've done. That's not right for us to do that.
5: Well, well the only there, way it's... I
1: would ever advise, like, well, not necessarily advise, but, like, in my own personal situation, is if they personally harmed me, like, took my vehicle or took my kids. I mean, you don't really want to poke the bear, do you? I mean, you're oh. you're coming up against like a giant system that's literally been made to enslave and squish you so it's like if if they aren't personally harming you like if they're just pulling you over and wasting your time and like you know giving you a ticket or whatever as long as you've done what you need to do before you head out because had i not gone out of my way to you know make a regular like a different idea notarized ID id or anything canceled my current license and done all of that Uh, that would have ended very differently. I would have been in court. It would have been an issue. Hell, I could have been hauled away in handcuffs. But they couldn't do anything simply because uh, I had already taken the steps necessary to keep myself out of the system. So, I mean, yeah, it was an hour and a half waste of time, but it was also an hour and a half of talking to the cop and learning things and while trying to teach him things, although he didn't want to listen, but it was a learning experience for myself, just kind of, how to handle that kind of stuff. And if you have like an agent and like, if you're an acting agent for, you know, a juridical person, just give them what they want. I mean, they're just trying to do their job. They've been taught, you know, just do your damn job. And that's all they want to do is do their job. So, I mean, you're just going to, if you're going to sit there and poke the bear, you're just going to make a bad name for yourself.
3: On top of (laughs) it, Sam, on top of it, Sam, we realize that we're dealing with people that have, under 100 iqs
1: lower iqs and they're trigger happy so i mean if you really want to end up dead feel free but i i choose to live another day and if that means spending an hour of my time talking to a cop on the side of a road then well whatever i mean people have died for less it's
0: it's that but it's also that's just the beginning when you go into it it's the the it's the social security that that they've taken our money and it's on hold, and they've invested it extremely poorly. But they've taken our birth certificate, invested it very wisely for themselves, and then they want the IRS all the money that we've paid into the IRS, and and any liens or anything that they're they're holding for that. So it's not just a driver's license; it's the whole fraud of the whole system.
3: Well, that's right. Well, you have to understand that. Okay, when it comes to the IRS and what they're taking there, and the birth certificate the information there that they've taken, the problem is is that the situation that we are all in is in a voluntary servitude situation. This has all mm-hmm. been voluntarily giving over to them, and we have voluntarily. Followed it, so you can't go after somebody when you have voluntarily done it. The only thing you can do the only thing you can do is what is uh, change your mind uh, uh, what the scripture talks about it, it it talks about changing your mind and following a new path. And that doesn't mean that you get to go after them and sue them for this and that. How can you sue somebody for something that you voluntarily did?
1: Maximum law, if you consent, there is no remedy.
3: Right. Well, if we voluntarily do it just because we didn't know any better, then, well, so be it. We didn't know any better. But you know what? Put that in the past, move forward.
0: Okay, I'm listening. That's, I I I agree with I do agree with that. I just think it's so wrong. I I think I'm still going I it's been a long time and I'm still going through the mad. Yeah, oh, that's, it,
3: that's yeah it is it is wrong and you'll get past the mad at some point and after you get past the mad you move forward and laugh back at them because you know what? You don't have to answer for their sins. They do.
5: Yeah, And instead of going after
1: them and, you know, trying to beat them at their own game, instead just get everybody outside of their game because then they'll have no more players left and how do you play a game when you've got nothing to play, nobody to play with? Eventually, way, everybody's going to say, fuck this shit, we're out. Excuse my language. <laughs>
3: yeah. no, exactly, this isn't my radio show. Exactly, though. Tell what, you better, that... what better way to hurt them than to remove the players.
0: I was going to tell you, I I was on the, the uh, computer, and so I, I couldn't figure out how to make it work. But I did want to tell you, we also were confronted with the, the uh, smart meters, and we absolutely said no. We absolutely did not want them. And they came back out with law and said, either you'll let us put this meter on, or we will take you to jail. Now, that is no consent, and we have a meter today, and we literally did everything we could to fight them. And if that was whether they told us that or not, I'm sitting here listening, but just like the driver's license, whether we told them or not, we don't need it. They are literally going to run on top and over, and we have a smart meter.
3: Oh, on our there, no, oh. hold on, hold on. It doesn't work that way. All right, they, that's what they try and force on you. Uh, go to Brian Parker Tactical Sovereignty YouTube, okay? And I've got a playlist there for Empower, right? And it shows you exactly what we talked about earlier tonight about submitting an affidavit, putting people in their place. And Empower has done this over and over again. And people that have been head of some of these um, electric companies have actually stepped down from their positions and left because they don't want to be re- personally responsible. Um, I did the same thing actually in a hospital situation with my ex-girlfriend. Her father, stepfather, uh, was in the hospital. He was on his deathbed. He couldn't talk. You You had to put your ear up to his mouth to even try and get what he was saying. And I put a a sign in the hospital room there that said that everybody in that room from the hospital was operating under full commercial liability, okay? That's exactly what Empower does. They do Uh the same thing, okay? Well, those nurses grabbed that sign, and they took it downstairs to the lawyers to look at it. You know what? Immediately, he started being treated like, nobility like he was a king all right and they would prior to that they wouldn't let him leave he knew he was dying he wanted to die at home they wouldn't let him leave you know what they did the next day they released him he came home you know what happened after he came home he got better better. (laughs) he got better he lived for another six eight months and about eight months later he passed away and you know where he passed away at he passed away at home, where he wanted to pass away at. Hmm. So, those words hold a lot of power, and that's why I say go look at that empower movement, what they're doing, and you can use those affidavits exactly the same exact way. With now, what is that
0: again? Is it, is it a website? Brian Parker B R.
3: Uh, okay. Well. Um,
4: No,
3: Empower, well, if you want to look at my YouTube channel, it's Brian Parker, Tactical Sovereignty.
0: Okay, that's it. Yeah, okay, that's YouTube. Now, is that where they're on or is it Empower? Is that where the...
3: You can find my playlist for Empower there, or you can put Empower into um, YouTube and see if you can find it.
5: Okay. Okay.
3: But I but I know I've got it on my site. So.
0: And there's and there's uh, there's things to listen to, or there's there's affidavits and stuff there.
3: Yeah, there's stuff you can listen to, um, and they give you uh, links to go to um, their websites. Um, you can go to IamSomeDude.com. And look at my buddy Boris. He's got stuff from Empower there.
5: Okay. Is it just Empower movement? Yeah. Or, okay, because there's a lot of different ones coming up. So. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, Empower Episode 1?
3: Yeah, Episode one's really good.
0: And that's a mass action of liability.
3: Yeah. You're holding okay. them liable. You're holding them in liability. Exactly. That's what it is.
0: Okay, good. Thank you. I will listen to that.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I I posted that. I, I mean, I made a playlist for that on my YouTube and then posted my YouTube to the group and said, hey, guys, you can use this for everything. And I don't think people really caught on. I don't think it clicked with them.
0: Well, I'll tell you, everybody's running in so many directions trying to keep all the balls in the air all the time. And I just think that I'm I'm seventy. I'm getting to the point that yeah, I keep up with everything pretty good. I still work 36 hours a week. And but there just comes a point when your brain just all of a sudden drops the balls and you forget. And it's like I don't even remember where I see some of this stuff and then I, my brain's got to try to figure it out again and remember it. And sometimes you just want to shut the computer off and say, "I can't do it anymore." Well,
3: you know what? Garden. You know what? You in the garden. To to me, there's only two things that anybody needs to know. Mm -hmm. And one is, I remember I'm always talking about mowing. I don't know why, but I, I was mowing some property way back behind me, and all day I kept having this word or this phrase came to my mind that said, where's the claim? Where's the claim? Where's the claim? And I'm like, why does that keep coming to my head? So when I got done mowing, I came back home and got on a computer and I just typed in, where's the claim? And I started looking at info. I, I think everything comes down to two things. Who has the claim? And who can prove it? Yeah, it's, it's that easy because that is the only actionable causes there are is mm-hmm. the one who has a claim and the one who can prove they have a claim. It's that mm-hmm. simple. That's the proof. Yeah, where's the proof? Who is the injured the-
1: party and where is the proof?
3: Exactly. Where's the injured party and where's the proof of it? Good point. Yep.
5: Agreed.
3: You follow that train of thought, and it'll open everything up.
0: I think that's why you were given it that way. Wow. that's a, That right there is impressive, the way you got that.
5: <laughs>
0: You're being talked to. You're being given information. You're getting downloads.
3: Well, you know, I don't think I was left here on this earth for no reason. I could have been removed from it easily. 20 years ago, but I wasn't. I was left here. It's because oh. there was something that needed to be done. And I think this might be one of the things that needed to be done. I don't know. But it, I it, had to look
0: it, at it. My granddaughter was in a very serious car accident um, last November. And uh, she was in ICU for nine days, and they kept her out for probably the first four of it. But, I mean, I immediately, she is spiritually moving also, and I just almost immediately felt that, I think that sometimes we have a hand in what happens to us. We're not just an innocent bystander, and we're not just the victim of an accident. And I just felt that she wanted to move to the spiritual realm faster, and she went up there and got downloads, it's amazing. She's just a different young lady when she's come out of this coma. Kind of like what you got, you know, just a whole lot of lot more information.
3: She went up and got downloads and came back. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I I knew that immediately that that was probably what she did because she spiritually was moving and she was just filled up. She got herself filled up and she came back. And I I I, I will always believe that that God allows people to move faster through the I mean, we all took a long time to learn the stuff that you probably learned in a very short time while you were gone, while you were out for a while. Where like you said, the person that died that you think you met thing. You know, who gets that opportunity? You know, somebody that was where you were at?
3: Well, you know, it's an amazing world and but at the same time I wouldn't wish it on anybody. No, and you wouldn't. No. I'm glad I'm glad I found what I found but I I wouldn't choose to go about it again.
0: <laughs> right. And and if you could have done it if you'd have done it known it different and could have done it different, you probably would have chose the different way, but you didn't. And you've gone through it and now you've got the You've got the knowledge, the information from doing it, but but yeah. there is that thing. I kind of still do believe that we still we may have a we have a higher power, but we do have some input in what 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 happens to us. And I think whether we choose it. I mean, I think I'm seventy. I think I've chosen a lot of things I've gone through, and and, well, and took the two by four method to learn.
3: There <laughs> is a high, there is a higher power, and I promise you we do have control over what happens. Oh, I promise you that. I know okay, that for a okay. fact.
0: There you go. Okay.
3: We are not, yeah, we are not invalids here.
0: Right. We better be paying attention.
3: Yeah, we, we we do have power. We do have ability. I mean, it. that's one of the things that was shown to me Well, when I thought that um, I was going through the idea of why was I here, that kind of idea.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's the thing that was really shown to me is that you do have power. You know, um, you 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 got through your got through your hour of being without power.
4: <laughs> Uh,
5: you got through your hour of
3: being in a coma and all this, and so now you have chose to be here. So now you do have power, and question is,
5: what are you gonna do with it now? Mm-hmm. How long were you in a coma? A month. A month. Wow. Wow. and
3: but even after coming out of it I mean um my girlfriend at the time was with me and she said that my dad came and talked to me and I I asked her afterwards I said who was that man (laughs) wow he seemed like a nice man who was that she was like uh Brian (laughs) that's your dad. <laughs> yeah. uh,
5: but I mean, oh, you, it's good that you did so well that you came through it.
3: But the bottom line was that I came through it because I wanted to be here. There right. was, was something I wanted to do, which earlier in life. The idea was, my thoughts were, I never chose to be here. Why am I here? Why do I have to conform to all this crap? This isn't my choice. How did I get planted here? And now it dawned on me that, oh, my God, you fought to stay. So now you have a responsibility, Brian
6: yeah but Brian, not to conform. I was listening to a guy the other day, and he said school work, you know all the public schools they they got us all doing all this dumb work and and it's to see if we conform, you know, and those that that do they you know they succeed and they go on, move on to college, and you know all this, and then they become teachers and they teach conformity, and those of us that don't conform in school, we end up in the principal's office, right.
3: Well, am I teaching you how to conform, Dave? (laughs) I don't think so.
1: You're doing a horrible job of it, Brian.
3: Actually, I'm definitely not a conformist, and I'm going to report you. No, actually, I am teaching you how to conform. Well,
6: you're teaching us to conform to the right way.
3: Yeah, (gasps) conform. Yeah, go go, conform to what the creator wanted. Right. The one who put us here, what he wants us to do, that is the direction we need to be following.
5: That makes the most sense to me. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Brian? Yeah.
7: Carry on again, just quickly. Uh, yeah, you talk about not conforming. When I was, when I went to, we had to go from the grade school in the country where we walked to school, and uh, and off the farm, we were basically a farm community at that time, and uh, farm I community pretty, a, pretty much exists. I walked exists, to
2: but, school.
7: I walked with, to school, too. Yeah, I walked a mile and a half. It was uphill both ways, but. Anyhow, <laughs> that's for fun. But when it comes to buying their class ring, I refuse to buy that class ring, and I refuse to pay the pitchers, you know, to get pictures because I knew who owned these places and who run them, and I wasn't about to to uh, feed them. And of course, my grandparents were were more than co- cooperative with it. They're the one that raised me, and uh, so I, I, I had complete uh, complete. Uh, would just say allegiance at home and solid and when everything went wrong my grandfather grayed down to see the principal okay he didn't, he didn't, put, any, he didn't put up with the, with the crap but we were still you know, we were still conform, in conformity somewhat but then when I went into the city to take my trade then I, I started getting tested you know for, for the thing you know I had to pass the test and everything to do that and I found out that my education wasn't very good and then I found out the Port in High School was probably one of the worst high schools in 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 Michigan. It's supposed to be a grade a grade a grade a, grade a uh, uh school well I think what was grade A about it is they had a football team and a basketball team, and what else I don't know and here again, these are things if you want to play, we should have fun at it. It
3: shouldn't had be nothing it had nothing to do an an with education.
7: Thing, I yield.
3: No, I was gonna say nothing to do with education. It was all sports.
7: Yeah, that was that was a class one school.
3: Yeah, it's amazing how they grade schools, isn't it? Yeah,
7: well, you find out when you when I had to go to Detroit and start taking those those tests for the I, I become an apprentice in a tool and die shop. Uh, I found out real shortly that there wasn't there were was some things I really need to go to school for and. Of course, then when I got into trade, I, they, you know, I went to school. And what was really great about the school, and I share this with people, we, we, Henry Ford had the trade, trade school way way before, you know, when my, when my uncles went through that. And most of those people that went through that Ford trade school, they could build their own house. They could do everything. Well, it just so happened that my die construction teacher was not retired yet he was a Henry Ford trade school teacher. Henry Ford employed him and paid him and then our math teacher mr. Barnoff was the was a German fellow who taught math. boy did he make math really interesting and and and, uh, and sensible and and, and, and and even easy and reason uh, that it's not easy in these schools is because the people teach it do not know anything about what they're teaching. They just stand up there with a book, and they can't teach it. We had we had geometry teachers that uh, didn't didn't have one clue about geometry. So when I got into the city, and got to go to Cass Tech, you know, to some, for some of my schooling, and in the Wilbur Trade School, we had these teachers, and that was just exciting as could be. I, I thank every day that the, the Father for the, the abilities and and the and the opportunities that was given to me. So I yield.
3: Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know what, actually, I should do a freaking whole call with you. No, that's fine.
7: We'll just, we'll get together and talk and then see, you know, where we're at. But, uh, no, you know, I, really I think should. something that might be cute for tonight, if there's still some people listening, when I was very young, raised by my grandparents, and uh, we, we had quite a bit of land and quite a bit of, you know, they milk cows and had a whole whole farm. And great-grandpa Quinlan was still living. That's my, my grandfather's dad. And I used to see him. He was 96 when he passed away. And I remember we had eight teams of horses on the farm, usually six to eight teams. And uh, had a very, very dry barn for, set up for horses. And uh, it was just a great, great, great thing. But I remember my grandfather and the two other brothers, they talked to Grandpa, and they wanted to buy a tractor. And he was very much against buying the tractor, great-grandpa was. And he he asked them the, these questions, and I never will forget it to this day. He said, uh, "Have you ever seen a tractor have another tractor? You give birth to another tractor?"
4: <laughs>
7: Those eight teams were out there, and they were all from from the stock that he, that, that great grandpa had had bred and taken care of. We had beautiful horses. <clears throat> and then he said. You see, now he says. Then after that, you're going to have to buy the fuel and the oil and stuff for that tractor. He's Right now, we buy all. We don't have to buy anything. We grow all our own fuel. This is. This goes back to what you were saying earlier when I got on. I couldn't believe I was listening to a young man like yourself talking about things like, like uh, the old days. Okay, and uh, when great grandpa Quinlan died in the 40s, he had forty thousand dollars. Saved. That's a lot of money in those days, but they still bought the tractor. When they co- we continued, we had tractors here. They they are very convenient. But what it did, it allowed us to it allowed us to produce a lot more milk and a lot more different things, and which brought the price of things down, not up. So, I yield. yo, it's a good evening. I'm gonna be going to, to to the to the bed shortly. So.
3: Thank you very much, everybody.
4: Bye-bye.
3: Bye. Bye. Absolutely. It was wonderful having you on, and uh, hopefully I'll get in touch with you again through Dave. I'll I'll send him my phone number if he doesn't have it already. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I want to thank everybody for being on here. Sam, awesome, (gasps) awesome info. Yeah, right, Sam? I mean... Showing people how to take their property back. I mean, how much more important is anything than that? Um, and like I tell mm-hmm. everybody, it's all about learning where you're really from, where you're really at, and who you really are. You think that's a cliche? Check those three things out. Check those three things out. You'll learn something. And mm-hmm. absolutely. You know what, guys? Love having everybody on here tonight, and thank you very much. Good night, everybody.
0: Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to...
1: Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.